Welcome to Learning with Lisa, Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast with Lisa Navarra, award-winning educator, consultant, behavior specialist, author, and parent. This podcast provides support for school leaders, educators, and parents. We share and discuss evidence-based resources that are embedded in social and emotional learning to meet the needs of students who struggle focusing and learning. Teachers and parents find information and strategies to improve students' academic, behavioral, and social-emotional performance. It's time to turn kids from I can't into I can. Welcome to Student Success Beyond Expectations. And Adva is going to be talking with you today about her struggles that she had as a child in school but her whole world really changed when she had her dream, her dream job of wanting to be a teacher. She actually went back to read one of her old IEPs from high school. And it wasn't until that moment that she really saw herself in more of a whole person and being able to understand who she is as a learner, as a person. And I would imagine it also validated her real want and need to be an educator. And this propelled her forward so much that she ended up earning two bachelor degrees and a master's. So today we're really going to talk to you about what it's like to go back and read one of your old IEPs. She refers to herself as an IEP kid, but I have to tell you, it really seems like she's super motivated. And as she has put it, she is living her dream because she has learned to love learning. So thank you, Adva, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience in school um, and some of the things that maybe you struggled with and just take us through your journey? Sure. So I was a dual language. I had a dual language household. So we spoke two languages at home. Um, and really what um, I struggled with was uh, processing and understanding materials that I was reading, um, and also language um, in the sense of retrieving words that were um, appropriate for a conversation. So sometimes, and honestly, this still happens, um, sometimes I would think of the word in a different language and have to remind myself of what the word was in English so that I could actually take part in the conversation, because obviously, not many people speak the language that I speak. Which was, um, what is another language? Um, Hebrew. So oh, I speak Hebrew only. Um, and my mom is American. My dad's from Israel. And both of them, my dad spoke to me in Hebrew. My mom spoke to me in English. Both my parents speak both languages fluently. Um, but a lot of times what would happen is that I would think of something in Hebrew and I wouldn't be able to translate it into English. And so that was part of it. Um, but also, you know, processing, reading was really hard for me. So writing was even harder. Um, and I hated it. Like I hated, I hated reading. I hated writing. I couldn't stand it. Um, and I remember just, you know, I came to, to the U.S. actually when I was seven and mm -hmm. um, started first grade. And I remember always struggling with the 
the different languages that were going on in my head. Um, but also like anytime we had summer reading, I would push it off until the end of the summer because I didn't want to do it. I didn't like to read. Um, and anytime I wrote, I really just would, I, I would need a lot of help with the process. So um, when I started first grade here, the school that I went to was a private school and they insisted that I have a tutor. I had an amazing tutor from first through eighth grade. Mm -hmm. um, and I was evaluated a few times over the years. Um, and then when I got to high school, I still, I didn't have the tutor anymore, but I still had a lot of learning help. And my IEP was, I was evaluated also throughout high school. Um, and again, like I really didn't like to read. I really didn't like to write. And I struggled a lot in those um, areas. And my strong suit was actually math because it was yeah. all numbers. Yep. Um, and so I went to college. I did whatever I needed to do to be able to get through college. Um, but I, I always knew that I wanted to be in the education world. So I specifically at that time wanted to work with little kids. I wanted to work in like toddler nursery. So two and three year olds. Um, and I got my first job. Um, but I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And what I realized is that I needed to go back to school to learn. So being able to go back to school and apply the things that I was learning actually helped me to gain that love of learning again, um, but also to be the teacher that I wanted to be. So doing and acting and being with the kids while learning was really putting all the pieces together for you. Exactly. Yeah. So what made you go and look at and find your old IEP and then read it? So I actually remembered this as we were speaking before. Um, I was studying special education when I was doing my master's. So my master's is in education with specializations in, in special ed and educational leadership. Um, and when I was studying the special ed part of it, I remember studying IEPs and, T and IEP meetings and what went on and who had to be there. And so I was like, huh, I wonder what my IEP says. So um, I actually called my mom because I don't live at home anymore. Yeah. And I was like, do you still have my IEP? She's like, yeah. I said, can I take it and look it, look it over? She's like, absolutely. So I, I took it. She's like, I don't really understand it, but I think you will. Um, so I took it and I, and I was talking to a friend of mine who was also an IEP kid. Um, and she was like, oh, that's a great idea. We should like look at it, see what we can see, what we can find about our learning history. And basically we both found that we were both really under grade level. Um, and we both, uh, in different ways, we both struggled with reading comprehension, um, with processing and writing. And, um, for me, it was this word retrieval issue where I couldn't necessarily, um, have a thought and be able to spit it out easily. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanted to be able to think of something and just say it, but you had to think about the right word in the right context to express yourself in the way that you wanted to be heard. Yeah. And I always was, um, was nervous about being able to express myself in a way that I wanted to without kind of messing it up. 
Um, and that actually is still a fear of mine. I find that my written word is so much better than when I'm like on the phone talking. So a lot of times if like I'm communicating with someone, I would prefer to write the email and it's something I'm working on. Um, I think we're all working on something, sure. but it, it's actually interesting. I, I see the correlation between, you know, what I was struggling with at school versus now what I struggle with as an adult. It never actually goes away. It right. just, you just get better and you know how to navigate the waters. Yes. Yes. And what I was going to ask you was when looking at that IEP, how much is it true today? And how much is it that you've been able to navigate the waters, come up with some strategies and learn those strategies that really help you to overcome some of those challenges? So can you talk to us about some of the things that you feel like you've you know moved on from and how that IEP really still is indicative of your skill set even today? So one thing that I I know is that my reading comprehension and my writing has gotten tremendously better. Mm -hmm. um, I read a lot more than I used to. Um, I uh, read a lot of personal growth and self-development books. So I'm always looking to improve. And that's kind of my mentality nowadays. And reading is part of that. Um, writing, I actually really enjoy writing nowadays. Like I'm, I'm a big, um, advocate for journaling and, um, you know, writing it out and, and, um, expressing yourself in that way. Um, so that's what I've started doing. And my IEP basically said that I struggled as a reader and writer. Mm -hmm. Um, so those two things definitely improved. One thing that I still notice is this is this word word retrieval. And it's not very um it's not very apparent if you don't know if you don't know me or even if you know me well. Like a lot of my friends were like, You had an IEP growing up, what are you talking about? You're fine. Like you can't tell. And I was like, You're right, you can't. I worked really hard to get to that point. But until then, I did struggle. So I feel like um, a lot of times when people have an IEP, you think that's like, it's kind of like the the end all be all. And I think I my experience and even my friend who, who went through her own IEP, like our experience is like your IEP doesn't say much of about you at all because at the end of the day, if you want to work hard to get to the place where you want to be, you absolutely can, no matter what, little things will keep showing up, you know, like I'm still a, a slower reader than a lot of my friends, but I read a ton. Um, you know, I still I'm a perfectionist when it comes to my writing, I don't always think my writing is great. But again, my when I when I show it to people, they, they look at it and they're like, this is phenomenal. What are you talking about? Um, so like, even writing pieces, I I wrote a blog post a few weeks ago. And the first thing I did was send it to my mom because she's a great writer yep. and she used to help me with writing when I struggled. So why great not send it over? Yeah. Why exactly. not? Of course we all need to prove exactly. for, for you. Yeah. So like I'm aware of the things that I struggle with, but it doesn't stop me. Is yep. basically what I'm saying. Like it never stopped me. 
it did. It almost did at one point. I was ready to give up in school. I remember um, my junior year of high school, I had transferred into a new school um, that I hated. So socially, I wasn't um, happy. And and academically was very different than the high school that I'd gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really struggled. And I was ready to just give up. I I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to struggle anymore. Um, and I remember the toughest class for me was science. It mm. was biology. And I just couldn't understand it. I couldn't take the information and apply it. It just... It was a huge struggle. And I remember my mom saying to me, it doesn't matter what grades you get, as long as you are, you know, you're working hard and you know, you're trying, that's really all that matters. And this grade at the end of the day will not matter in the future. And she was right. It didn't matter in the future. Right. It really, really didn't. Yeah. Yeah. She put it in perspective for you and you believed her. So that's great. Right. You know, you said something, Adva, that I think could help a lot of our listeners. And you said something where your friend said to you, you had an IEP? Well, you're fine. What does that mean, you're fine? Does it mean to have an IEP isn't fine? Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I think when people think of, and this is the outside world, this isn't the teaching world necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I think when people think special education, they think the lower functioning special ed children, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So my having an IEP and being very high functioning, very um, um, like able and very willing to do the work is, was like a, a kind of like a, them taking a step back being like, huh, I don't understand. And I think it's really important for those outside of the education world to know that, first of all, IEPs don't always mean that the person is going to struggle throughout life. Um, And IEPs are just a way for teachers to really help their students Mm -hmm. Um, and the students that struggle more. Um, And what I've noticed as a teacher is that I actually um, tend to figure out what is going on with a child if they need any kind of supports. And I don't know if that's because of my history or because of my education or the combination of the two, but it's something that I just noticed over the years for myself. And I really think that anybody who listens to this outside of the education sphere should just remember that an IEP isn't a be all end all. It's just something to help the child succeed in school while they're in school. And being that you went back to read your IEP, do you have any suggestions to teachers who write IEPs for their students? Um, I mean, I would say the the biggest thing is to really um, communicate with all the parties that are involved in writing an IEP. But not only that, to make sure that whatever is stated in the IEP, that child gets that kind of support in the classroom um, from you as the teacher, um, not from outside support systems, but really from you. I think that is like, 
That's the most important part. Cause I remember having teachers who didn't really understand my learning disabilities mm-hmm. and it frustrated me because I was supposed to get time and a half on tests and I, you know, due dates could be extended for me if I needed it. Um, and a lot of times I felt like teachers just didn't understand, mm-hmm. like they just didn't, they just didn't get that. Um, and I remember in seventh grade, <laughs> I had a ton of work. Um, it was like high school times 10. And um, I remember breaking down all the time about my work. And I remember one teacher just not giving me the flexibility that I needed to get my assignments done. And that really like, I think that hit me as as a student. It It kind of brought me down. Um, especially because I needed the extra support from that teacher. And you were willing, you were willing to put the work in. Exactly. And I, I was, I worked really, really hard to get the grades that I wanted to get and to make sure that I was a part of the classroom. So it was, I think it was just like very disappointing. And when I think back to that time, it makes me sad because as a teacher, I would never want to make my student feel bad about not being able to accomplish an assignment or not being able to accomplish in a certain amount of time. Um, And what, you know, last year when I took over um, a kindergarten maternity leave, when I covered it, there was a child who needed a lot of OT. So writing would take him forever. And you know what I did? Instead of giving him the pressure of finishing with his friends, I always said, you know what, we'll finish this tomorrow morning. You'll come in and work on it with me. You'll take your time and then we'll, we'll continue our day. Like, there's no reason to make a child feel bad for the disabilities that they have. It's really just, you know, how do you help them get through it and make sure that in that IEP meeting, you know exactly what you need to do as the teacher. So, Avra, what do you think would help teachers to understand their students with learning disabilities better? Get to know them on a more personal level. Mm. I think building relationships um, is something that is talked about all the time. But I think that it's really, really important for teachers, especially with kids who have disabilities, um, to really get to know their kids. You know, like if you know that this child is working really hard and is just struggling to get things in on time, then work with that child. If you know that math is really challenging and a whole worksheet is not going to do that child any good, then circle the, 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 the ones that you want them to do. But really it's that connection by no, by having that child feel as though they're understood as a person, not necessarily that they need to be a different kind of learner. Correct. Like really understanding the child and the child's needs, I think will help as a as a whole and understand the child's wants I think I'm hearing yeah that too both all of it child needs wants their learning style I think I think the combination it's it's this whole child perspective Mm -hmm. where you really get to know the whole child um rather than just getting to know them on the academic side or um you get to know them based on um what they're struggling with do you have any strategies or suggestions on how teachers can connect with their students, especially those who are struggling learners? Yeah, I think one-on-one time can be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, even small groups can be really good. Um, and 
you know, asking questions at greetings in the mornings with the kids, you know, at doing a, a morning meeting of some sort where you ask the questions and you let the kids share um, really so that you kind of can get a sense of what they're thinking about, what they're excited about, what they like outside of school and in school. Like it really gives you a perspective of more than just the academics. Yeah. Do you have any advice for our listeners on any of what we spoke about? Um, I think my biggest advice to any teachers or honestly, anybody who's interested in the education world um, is to really dive deep into um, understanding what an IEP is so that, you know, you're not taken aback like my friend was. Yeah. Um, and um, supporting each other. So teachers should be supporting each other. Administrators should be supporting teachers. Uh, administrators should be supporting other administrators. I just feel like mm -hmm. um, that's something that might be missing, um, but also collaboration. So any teachers who are struggling or are having a hard time with one kid, you can always go to someone, find a community that can help you. That can and it's okay. You. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to collaborate. I've met so many teachers that are such amazing communicators and they're so willing to help. And yet there's a select few that they always feel like they need to be in control or they need to know everything. And really they're not growing in ways that they could. Right. I, I think the more you collaborate, the more you ask for help, the better teacher, the, the better a teacher you are at the yeah. end of the day, because you're learning, you're learning from all perspectives, not just from your own or from any professional development that you're doing, but also from other teachers and other grades and other educators that might um, have some kind of input. Or if you're a part of an IEP meeting, you're learning from a ton of people, listen to them, like take in what they're saying to you. Don't think that you know everything because in all honesty, nobody does. We get to learn from each other we get to be a community of some sort find yourself a community and in my podcast with dr karen we were talking about this as well of how important it is to go back into the classroom from related service sessions and reinforce those skills as the classroom teacher and then have that kind of communication go from the classroom then to the related service providers so that way the child's skills are constantly being reinforced and worked on, but not just separated or siloed into their 30 minute once or twice a week session. Yeah, it's really important also to communicate with um, the other people who are involved in giving those supports to those students mm -hmm. so that you can continue doing it in your classroom and reinforce those things and honestly at the end of the day you're helping the child to continue to grow and learn and get through whatever it is that they're 
working on right now that they're struggling with right now because at the end of the day your IEP is not a be-all end-all as I said before you can grow and learn and figure out how to navigate life outside of that mm-hmm. so how do people learn more about you and what you have to offer for the world of education and working with children so I am on Instagram um, I have a podcast actually of my own it's called Shaping Little Minds it is for early childhood educators. Um, so my Instagram handle is Shaping Little Minds Podcast. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there as well. Um, those are my main two platforms. Um, and then I also do have a program for new and struggling early childhood teachers, which you'll hear about on the podcast and on LinkedIn and on Instagram. So if if anybody's interested, they can always reach out to me. And where do they find you? What are your handles? At Shaping Little Minds Podcast for Instagram. And I think it's just Adva H for LinkedIn. I have to double check. <laughs> That's okay. You send me the links in and I'm going to put it in the description and people just can click Perfect. away. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Adva, thank you so much for joining us and really sharing your insights and your passion. And we're so happy to hear that you are living your dream beyond the IEP. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Remember to like, share, and subscribe this episode. Thank you for listening to the Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast, where school leaders, educators, and parents meet on behalf of children who struggle with learning. To bring workshops to your school or organization, contact Child Behavior Consulting and get started with resources available at childbehaviorconsulting.com, Amazon, and teacherspayteachers.com for ready-to-use resources and children's books. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to review, subscribe, share, and give us a shout out on social media.